Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Good morning, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. We started talking about hope yesterday as a fundamental piece of human existence. But today I want to talk about the paradox of hope. Because in its very existence, we're implying the possibility of despair. Hope influences our expectation, but it's a distinct and multifaceted, cognitive, embodied, and broadly existential experience. In order to maintain hope when faced with a situation that appears hopeless, we become responsible for navigating different contradictions between real and what is possible. Either way, hope is deeply personal, and it's difficult to describe. At the same time, hope is collectively produced. It's culturally interpreted, and as such, it has been linked to broader social and economic processes. In medical institutions, research institutions, pharmaceutical companies, and patient organizations, there's almost a political economy of hope, wherein hope is both generative of and generated by market interests, research directions, and the possibilities of breakthroughs in medical treatment. So hope itself is a source of value for stakeholders, for the afflicted, and their families. Hopefulness is a quality expected of good citizens. In 1962, Marcel Gabriel described hope as a mystery, and he argued that rationalizing or placing it into categories flattened or distorted our understanding of it. And in 1969, Polanyi observed that 
every time we concentrate our attention on the particulars of a comprehensive entity, our sense of its coherent existence is temporarily weakened. And every time we move in the opposite direction towards a fuller awareness of the whole, the particulars then become submerged in the whole. Basically, hope is something that we know subsidiarily in terms of something else. It is a multifaceted and nuanced and deeply emotional experience specific to not only the people experiencing it, but also the circumstances. This is why I find deep dives on the definition of things so important and interesting, because words do mean different things at different times to different people and to ourselves, because complicated feelings and emotions and reactions and choices call for complicated definitions. So if we define hope as a cognitive experience, it can include many different definitions. The one that I generally feel like I'm referring to in my definition is practical hope or realistic hope, which includes any hope for a reasonable or probable outcome in terms of normal or expected outcomes on part of the broader community. These are hopeful, optimistic expectations within the reason of our cultural ideals that also adheres to all of the evidence that I've gotten so far. In my experience, it's remaining open and optimistic without being in denial of the reality that other possibilities might arise. But there are other types of hope. Utopian hope is a collectively oriented hope that group action can lead to a better future. This way of hoping is outwardly focused, which is also the case with things like wishful hope. Wishful hope, also known as high hopes, are not typically rooted in reality and instead are hopeful for some sort of miracle. And listen, I am the first to say I am open to a miracle. I will happily take a lottery winning, even though I don't play the lottery. But if my only hope is that a miracle will happen and there's no practical, actionable hope, to focus on and rely on in the now, then that wishful, miraculous, hopeful thinking is not going to be sustainable. Now, I will clarify, a lot of the definitions for hope we've discussed so far are about specific outcomes, wanting to get healthier or wanting to feel less depressed or wanting to win the lottery. But there is the more generalized existential feeling of hopelessness and hopefulness that we haven't really brushed on. And that can be defined as transcendent hope, which is directed towards an objective which defies any attempt to map it, a hope that everything will work out in the end. Webb draws from Marcel, who argues that hope is open-ended and does not make conditions on the future. So now we've gone into existential hope, we've talked about specific types of hope, and I haven't even begun to talk about all of the different types of faith and hope that come from religion. So instead of digging into those, I want to talk about the work that it is to maintain and nurture your hopeful side. Because expectations, whether they're low or they're high, is a source of vulnerability. A cynical side can bite you in the ass. It can make you less open to possibilities and make being open to those possibilities seem like a waste of time. But 
paradoxically, if you are too hopeful, you will inevitably be let down on certain things. But if you can balance your sense of realism and hopefulness, you may be able to milk hope for the placebo effect that it has. You definitely don't want to set yourself up for failure or despair, but by being hopeful and open and optimistic, you are more likely to see and benefit from those more positive outcomes. So, It's really crucial that we find our balance for the different styles of hope, the different levels of hope, and the different ways of acting on that hope so that we don't set up ourselves for disappointment, but we can actually benefit from the complex reality that sometimes rational, logical projections aren't enough. Sometimes we need an emotional, spiritual, meaning-centered description instead. At the end of the day, a concept as nuanced as hope is difficult for anyone to characterize at any one point in time, especially if you consider that much of our understanding is built on shit we can't know objectively. Instead, we're relying on people's lived realities and subjective experiences. So while it's incredibly helpful to understand each definition and category of feelings like hope, it also feels important to reiterate that dividing hope into categories isn't intended to imply that they're separate components because they are in fact an integrated whole in which multiple ways of feeling and responding and experiencing are born. When you use those categories as a tool, you can explore multiple ways of hope as a complex experience of your various states of thinking and feeling and learn to appreciate the work of hope and the roles that it plays in your own motivation and experience. I think what I got most out of all this is that it's okay to be outrageously optimistic and hopeful, even if it's not rooted in reality, as long as it's not detrimental to the other types of hope that keep you moving forward and open to possibilities, as well as not the type of hope that can let you down when it doesn't come true. Speaking of hope, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I love you so much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Goodbye, beautiful. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 